Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Uh, The people of God are in a bad time, but these days will not last long. Problems in life are like a roller coaster. They'll take you up and down. They'll scare you. There may be somebody to take a picture of you in your worst situation when you ride that roller coaster. But the thing about the roller coaster and the thing about problems is none of them last forever. For the time that is ours to share together during this Advent season, I want to talk a little bit about hanging on to a branch. Hanging on to a branch. Uh, There's a certain type of person that I've uh, admired. Uh, A certain type of person that I could look up to and and say that is the type of, they have the type of qualities that I like. And this type of person that I've admired and this type of person that has the kind of qualities that I like are those who are able to make the best out of a bad situation. And these are some that are able to make, not only make the uh, best out of the bad situation, but sometimes come out even better on the, uh, of this bad situation than they would have been had they been having everything that was given to them. There are those that sometimes, no matter how bad the situation gets, sometimes it looks like the worst the situation gets, they're able to hold on and do even better. It seems like the worse the things happen, the better off they are. When everything is going bad all around them, they are still able to keep their head up high, keep putting one foot in front of the other, and are able to make the best out of a bad situation. And you may not know somebody like that, or at least not be able to recall somebody like that, but I can bring some to your remembrance. Being ripped up out of a foreign land, not able to speak a language and not able to be uh, with your family even more and put on these fields and these plantations and worked half to death and if they didn't work half if they didn't work them half to death they called them lazy. It's amazing how lazy certain people got when they stopped working for free. It's amazing how people looked at them as lazy when they were no longer working for free but they took them and, and these people would go through this situation and still be able to sing sweet low sweet chariot no matter what was going on they were able to do those things you'd give them scraps of the pig and give them scraps of the food and they turn it into soul food and people now pay 25 30 40 dollars a plate for the what they were able to do when they seasoned up the insides they were able to go through being called three-fifths of a person they were able to go through having laws designed to that were not in their best interest and they were able to go through president after president and governor after governor and mayor after mayor that didn't care anything about them they made the best out of a bad situation they may have grown up in a house where they had to wear hand-me-downs of hand-me-downs but now they're able to go to places and shop for what they want their their mothers and fathers may not have been able to put two sentences together properly but they made sure that you got educated they made the best of a bad situation 
And I admire that. I look up to that. I, I, I desire to be like that, that no matter how bad a situation gets, they're able to push forward and work it towards the good. And I was thinking about that kind of situation and making the best of a bad situation when I came upon this Advent passage. I don't pick the passages, remember, I, I preach the lectionary for at least the next few years so that I can cover some of these other passages, so I don't want anybody to think that I am preaching against them. This just happened to fall on the calendar at this time. Is the microphone still working? Uh, and so here you have uh, uh, in, in the passage of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is one of the longest books in the Bible. It's the only, the only book with more pages in the Bible is Psalms. And it talks about the, the downfall of the, the, the kingdom of Judah and it goes into the time of exile. There's uh, two important events that happen during this time period that, that have something to do with it. There is the religious reform of King Josiah. And then that happened about 622 years before Jesus. And then the destruction of Jerusalem and Judah during about 587 years before Jesus walked this earth. And what is going on is that Israel is in trouble. Uh, to quote one of my Old Testament professors, uh, he said all the time, you do good, you get good. And if you do bad, you get bad. And this was a time where Israel was not doing what God had told them to do. And because Israel did not do what God told them to do, their kingdom was attacked and taken over. And we're in Jeremiah 33, but in Jeremiah 22 and 23, Jeremiah is speaking because he is a prophet that speaks truth to power. That is what the prophets are supposed to do. Let me say that again. The prophets are supposed to speak truth to power. They are supposed to follow the kingdom of God no matter who else is on the secular throne. So that if they speak truth to power, when they get an opportunity to get in front of some leadership because they're supposed to speak truth to power, that would not be the time to suck up. That would not be the time to be happy that you are at the table. That would not be the time to put whatever commission they put you on on their resume so that they can silence you. That is the time where you tell those people in charge about who's really in charge and what who's really in charge has to say about what they're doing. And Jeremiah is speaking in 22 and 23 to the failure of the government or leadership to render justice and righteousness. And he's letting them know that a priestly leader is coming. This leader is going to be here to restore all that which was taken from the people. I'll say that again. Jeremiah is speaking to the failure of the current government leadership and letting them know that they have not been properly rendering righteous, righteousness and justice and he's letting them know that's fine that you keep messing up over and over and over and over again. There is somebody coming down the line that is going to set all of this straight. So the important events that happened with the religious reform is Josiah had taken over the northern kingdom. At one point, the Israel was two kingdoms, and the northern kingdom was there in the southern kingdom, and he took over the northern kingdom and got rid of all their idols. He got rid of all their other shrines. If you wasn't going for team Yahweh, then he had no use for you. 
He got there, and these were the so-called believers that had also still put some other idols in front of them. Yes, I love you, God, and I want to do what God says, but I got some other things that I just don't want to let go. I got some other things that I want to do. Bishop T. Garrett Benjamin said all the time, if I were to look into your checkbook, I could tell you who your God is. Keep saying amen so don't nobody know I'm talking about you. (laughs) I can look through your checkbook. I can look through where you spend your time, your talent, and your treasure, and all of those things that go above. I can tell you who your God is. But Josiah came through and got rid of all of that, and then uh, he died. And then a later king took over, and this later king uh, decided to transfer his allegiance as even though he was king over Israel, he decided to transfer his allegiance to a foreign country. I know y'all can't imagine that. Y'all can't imagine a sitting leader being beholden, uh, a sitting leader of a country being beholden to another country. I know that's a little hard to imagine, but this king took over and decided to declare his allegiance to Babylon, a foreign country. And Jeremiah, because he was a prophet and did what prophets do, he spoke truth to power with these kings. His allegiance was to God first. Jeremiah spoke to the kings that were okay with another king running their country, even though you're supposed to be running this country yourself. You got other people from other countries telling you how to do stuff. And, and he even went to jail for how he was talking. It's another thing to speak truth to power, but you also got to be willing to take the consequences. But in the midst of the country being taken over, in the midst of all the people of God being separated and spread out all over the land, Jeremiah was doing some things that everybody would not have been doing. Jeremiah bought some land. Jeremiah bought some land while the country was being taken over. Jeremiah went out and made a major purchase while everything around was falling around, falling down. God told Jeremiah to buy some land. Why? Because the time that you're in right now will not always be the same. And this is the time to take advantage of that. I told you I admire people who make the best of a bad situation. Some of the most wealthiest people I've ever seen when I research how they accumulated their wealth, they got in when the stock market crashed. While everybody was selling, they were buying, and they bought it at a discount. And then when everything went back up, they were wealthier then, before, they were wealthier then than they were before because they did the opposite of what everybody else was doing. Amen. While things were falling apart, they were taking advantage of the situation. Former, secretary, uh, former chief of staff for the Obama administration and, and mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, said, never let a crisis go to waste. And so while there, there's people being taken, while the country is being taken over, while the people are being separated, God told Jeremiah, go buy some land. And he did. And he put the record of that purchase in a jar. 
And so by the time we get to what you had in, in the hearing, because all of that happened way before we got to 33, but all of that happened. But by the time we get to what you're hearing, somebody is questioning, Jeremiah, why did you go out and buy the land? Don't you know the economy is not good right now? Don't you know everything's falling apart? Don't you know our king has his own king? Why would you go out and buy this land? Why would you do something like that in this day and age? And Jeremiah had to remind the people that God had good plans for them. Even though the situation is not ideal, even though things are not great right now, you can you remember what God had promised you while everything is falling around you bad? Can you remember the promises of God while you're deep in the valley? Can you remember the promises of God when you can't get along with your family members? Can you remember the promises of God when you lose all your friends? Ah, yes, we read Jeremiah 3, but in some of those study Bibles, if you have those footnotes, when he talks about, uh, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, well, I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel, to the house of Judah. There was a good thing he promised. I bet it's some of y'all's favorite verse. I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts to prosper you and not to harm you. I'll give you a hope and a future. He has these good things for you. You have to understand that right now is not the time of not yet. And sometimes your right now may be looking real bad, but your not yet is coming. Uh, He lets you know that these days are coming and there is a valley, but you'll be exalted. Lives are full of ups and downs, and this is a time of down. But even though it's a time of down, eventually it's going to be a time of up. Ah. Uh, The people of God are in a bad time, but these days will not last long. Problems in life are like a roller coaster. They'll take you up and down. They'll scare you. There may be somebody to take a picture of you in your worst situation when you ride that roller coaster. But the thing about the roller coaster and the thing about problems is none of them last forever. Uh, Yes, and so he lets them know that these days are coming. But even though these days are coming, even though it's rough right now, it's not going to be rough forever. Uh, And God is going to fulfill his promise. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, so shall my word that goes forth come out my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should see cause to uh, repent. If God said it, that settles it. All you got to do is hold on to the branch and wait for the word to come forth. All you got to understand in these times you may have cried all night long but the word says weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning. Just hang on to the branch. Many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord will carry you through. The Hang on to the branch. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hang on to the branch he who has performed a good work in you shall perform it until completion until the day of Christ Jesus so if Jesus ain't came back yet there's still work to be done hang on to the branch 
And so he tells them that dark days are coming, and, 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 but their God is going to fulfill his promise. And when he fulfills his promise, enjoy the prosperity when it comes. You are in the valley now, and you may not like who is in charge now. You may be hurting now, but being down now does not mean you are going to be down forever. Going through the storm and then going back will allow you to appreciate coming out of the storm. You can appreciate living in your own house now that you lived in your own house because you remember what you grew up in and having to share with everyone else. You can appreciate the new clothes. You can appreciate having an education. You can appreciate the food you eat because you can remember what it was like to be hungry. You can appreciate these ups that you have because now you've been through those downs. You can appreciate that car that you drive now because you remember the one that you might have had to jump start every time you turned it off. Had to roll the window down and stick your arm out and open it from the outside. You can appreciate what you got now because you worked for it. You can appreciate it. You can remember, you can appreciate the sleep that you have because you remember those times you couldn't get to sleep. You can appreciate the relationship you have now because you remember all the hellfire and brimstone that past person put you through. You can appreciate it. Remember the promise. Remember the promise that there is a branch coming from the tree of David. Not only remember the promise, refocus on the revelation. Ah, there's these prophecies of Jesus that have come. And there's a covenant in the, uh, the word in Hebrew is berit. Means a, a treaty, an agreement, an arrangement. Theologically, the word expresses a mutual relationship. So God is reminding them through Jeremiah about the covenant that God made with them. Uh, uh, this mutual relationship was initiated by God. The Lord made a gracious, unconditional, and eternal covenant with David. There were no qualifiers to the promise, no expiration date on this promise. But not only was that promise made to David and his family, it was also made to the people of God. In 2 Samuel 7, uh, 14 through 15, God told David that he would not move his said, his covenant, his loyalty, his steadfast love from David. No matter what, give thanks to the Lord of hosts for his love is, the love is good and his mercy endures forever. Ah, 2 Samuel 30, 23 and 5 says, although my house is so not so with God, yet he has made an everlasting covenant with me, ordered all things and secure, for this is my salvation and my desire. Will he not make it increase? Uh, Psalm 89 and 1 through 4 says, I will sing to the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. You have made a covenant, a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David, your seed, I will establish forever and build up your throne to all generations. He had a promise. 
And he gave it to David. And he gave it not only to David, but to the lineage of David. And not only to the lineage of David, but to all the people of God. He made that promise. And because he made that promise all the way to David, when he got to Jeremiah and everybody was wondering why Jeremiah would buy land in the midst of an occupation, this is what he was trying to remind them of. First Kings 11 and 36 says, and to his son, David, I will give one tribe, my, my servant David will always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen for myself. Put my name there. Isaiah even got in on it in Isaiah 55 and 3 and 4. He said, incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him a witness to the people, a leader and a commandment for the people. Just at the right time, he's telling them that a branch is going to come out of the tree of David. Amen. And that branch will become our savior. And so we got to remember the promise and be remi- uh, refocus ourselves on the revelation and then be reminded of the revelation. It's revelation that is coming, that root, that branch that we are hanging on to, that branch from the tree of David that he's talking about is Jesus. Uh, the, they say all the time that Jesus is concealed in the Old Testament and revealed in the New Testament. And here you have plain as day a prophecy about the coming Jesus. We just need to wait on him. And that's why it's apropos for this scripture to be read during an Advent season. Because he's reminding them of the revelation that Jesus is coming. Uh, this soon coming king, uh, Isaiah said it in 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. Uh, unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father the priest the prince of peace and the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of david and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from the time that forward even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts shall perform this and he said it again that he calls himself behold therefore the lord himself will bear a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel he was letting them know that he was able to buy this land during this tumultuous time because he remembered the promises of David he remembered what God told him he remembered the revelation he refocused on the revelation and remembered what God said that the fountain of living waters the good shepherd the righteous branch the redeemer the Lord our righteous the soon coming king the king of kings and lord of lords your spiritual king the actual king was coming you just needed to wait on him and he talked about that branch and I I like that branch because that branch is made out of wood and if we was waiting on some wood to save us there was going to be some wood to save not only those people back then but the people right now and that wood that was going to save us from this soon coming king weighed about 300 pounds and a 33 year old man carried those 300 pounds all the way to Calvary and when he got nailed to that wood they nailed not only his uh, our sins but everybody's sins upon that cross and that wood was there to save us so we have to anticipate our soon coming king in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.